Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm so glad you chose to join us. We have a bit of an oddity today. The topic of the show is self-realization, and our guest is Harsha. And Harsha's in India, and it's actually 6.30 in the morning there. We're going to bring him on in just a minute. I think we're going to have a delightful conversation with him. But I wanted to just talk a notion, take a moment and talk about this notion of self-realization. It, it's... Uh, but in, a, in just a general sense, um, the conversation will have uh, a whole context of its own. It, it's a curious thing that, you know, when you're born, you're a baby, and, and there's no ego there. The baby doesn't have an ego yet, and yet there's consciousness. And then fast forward two, three, four, five decades, and poof, you have us quote, adults, and we have egos. We grew ourselves egos. And these egos are what can go seeking self-realization, what can go seeking enlightenment, seeking a higher sense of awareness. And in, in, the, in the traditional aspect of a spiritual journey, the, the process of seeking is is to discover something that's perhaps already there. It it's it's like peeling away the layers of ego perhaps that we've brought upon ourselves to to find a, a deeper essence, a deeper self realization. You know, the the chap the chapter we're living in here is such a a powerful time in our human mythology that I think self-realization is a very powerful topic to bring on the show at this time. And what I like about our guest tonight is he's written a book about his own personal journey. Harsha was previously a software engineer by profession, and he left his job in search of God. After a 10-year journey of intense struggle involving many austerities, spiritual practices, hardships, and exposure to raw conditions in the Himalayas, he understood the truth when he studied the original Sanskrit scriptures in a monastery. He has traveled in countries like Russia, Nepal, India, where he was invited to deliver satsang, and uh, interactive discourse of self-realization and spirituality in general. Join me in welcoming Harsha on the show. Harsha, I'm so delighted to have you on the show. Yeah, it's my pleasure, uh, Les. And And should I say good morning? (laughs) Yes, good morning to our Indian audience and good evening to our U.S. audience. So... Your your book is about a a ten year journey for self realization. Can you kind of give us a, a an overview of what that journey is? So we have some context to uh, 
understand the show tonight? Yes, uh, it's going to be a memoir on last 12 years of my spiritual journey, beginning with the point where where the quest, uh, where that why came into my life. So from that point onwards to my current understanding, uh, in between lot of austerities and spiritual practices and going to many gurus and so many other things that I tried, including learning Sanskrit scriptures and various mystical experiences that I had during all these years and mystical places where I lived, many mystical monks and other people that I happened to meet and learn from. So it's going to be a exciting book and it will be released in July, coming July, that is next month. And it's a memoir, it is titled as The Other Bird. So basically it will cover my memoirs of past 12 years and the theme of that uh, memoir is the self-realization. And like- just to add to it, I have already written and published a book last year itself that is Ashtavakra Gita, The Ultimate Solas. I have written a commentary on the original verses of Ashtavakra Gita. It is available on Amazon, Google, iBooks, Kobo, Nook. So our audience uh, can actually have a look at that. Well, so share with us, um, I mean, if you were uh, like 12 years ago or so, you were a software engineer by, by profession, how did this, um, this desire to uh, discover self-realization, I mean, how do you go from a working professional, a working software engineer, to, to go on this Uh, 10-year journey. How did that happen in your life? Well, nothing happened overnight. It was a gradual process. And uh, the earliest that I remember, actually, I was uh, just visiting my home uh, on weekends. And I happened to pick up a book of uh, Swami Vivekananda. And casually, I was just going through the pages. Then uh, somehow I started reading it, some chapter in between, and uh, certain spark actually started coming, especially his book on the Jnana Yoga, that is the path of knowledge. And the logic he presented in that book. Uh, Now basically the source of all that logic is Vedanta Upanishad, the ancient scriptures themselves. But the way he presented Vivekananda, uh, it really sort of uh, struck with me very deep. And I think that was the first uh, kick that I got in spirituality. So as so you then read... I continued the... Go ahead. Then I, yes, 
Go ahead. Yeah. So then I continued uh, exploring more spiritual material and listening to spiritual discourses, reading spiritual books from various masters. And uh, curiosity only uh, grew unbounded. And uh, eventually the intellectual curiosity got turned into a genuine spiritual quest. So much so that uh, I couldn't help but to leave my job and family and uh, decided to dedicate whole of my life for the search of truth. So that's uh, just a brief about uh, how I recollect it. So as you read those, uh, you started reading that book, how he um, um, presented an intellectual conversation about the process of self-realization. And now you've gone through this 10-year journey and you're writing books. How do you think your language, your writing, is going to influence your readers? Well, the first thing... uh that I always uh, guard against is I ensure that my reader never ever fall prey to any kind of spiritual fantasy because I have been a victim to spiritual fantasies and those fantasies uh, sort of uh, were crept into my system by various spiritual material which is available. So Basically, when, I mean, fantasies are not good, to be honest. If you are looking something uh, which is practical, then you need uh, to be alert about fantasies and, uh, you know, developing imagination about your goal and about your objective. So in my books, uh, I always ensure, not just in my books, but in my blogs, on my website and in my spiritual lectures and talks, I always uh, ensure that my audience or my disciples or my students, they never ever develop any kind of fantasy regarding God, regarding spirituality, and they remain firmly grounded and perfect, perfectly as a sane individuals. And achieving the ultimate spiritual goal that is the final emancipation or self-realization is perfectly possible without doing anything heroic. It is, I mean, you can be sitting on your couch and you can realize God has no problem with that. So, so it, it, it's just that you need a good guide, somebody who will... Uh, guide you through the technicalities of the process and who will not allow you to get into imagination. So that is that is a point I always uh, keep my focus on, whether I'm writing, speaking, or interacting with uh, spiritual seekers. 
I can appreciate what you're saying. Um, the the term you used was uh, fantasies or um, th- that kind of a construct. There's there's uh, from my perspective, there's an elegance, uh, a, cl- a cleanliness to the language of a true master, where um, in in the spiritual um, community, if you will, here in the United States, and I, I suspect it's uh, similar um, over there. There's there's people who um, present themselves as spiritual masters, but if you listen to their language, to use your word, there's there they've kind of inundated it with some fantasy and. Um, how would you, what would you suggest to the listener? I mean, what kind of a measuring stick can a listener have when they listen to or read uh, material? Um, how how can you detect the uh, unnecessary fantasy in some of these um, uh, spiritual teachers that aren't really as genuine as they could be? Yes, and for that, uh, the most important thing is they should have a scientific mindset towards uh, spirituality also. Spirituality is not something, uh, it's not a fan of fantasies. And we need a strictly scientific and little bit of technical approach would also help for the new seekers or even for the common public to sort of discover the mysteries of uh, spiritual world, so to speak. Actually, there are, frankly speaking, there are no mysteries because uh, what is the goal of spirituality? The goal of spirituality is total and permanent freedom from your own sorrows and sufferings by discovering your true self by discovering your true nature, the true self and the true nature, which is always with you. In fact, you are that. So something which we are originally, all we need to do is just uh, discover it uh, using a scientific approach. And uh, for that, uh, I mean, as I said, there are no heroics uh, required actually. So this is what the new seekers has to bear in mind that uh, ultimately we are going to reach at our own self. The target is always with us. Therefore, we need not do anything extraordinary or insane or we need not even entertain any such ideas just to discover our own being which is always with us. So this thumb rule, if they keep in mind and adopt a little scientific approach to even even esoteric practices, you can look at scientifically. So they need not, uh, many people write books on esoteric practices, Tantra, for example. And at some point of time, you start wondering whether it's a spiritual book or a fiction book. So right. then many 
many so called spiritual masters they write biographies and autobiographies and all that and if you read their own stories i mean they like to decorate their own stories with so many uh, you know fabricated stories and fantasies that the new seeker easily gets uh, deluded with all that and he loses the track of the very objective of spirituality which is to discover your own being so if these one or two points if new seekers if they keep in mind then uh, they won't fall prey to any sort of uh, uh, misguidance or fantasies well it 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 sounds like there's a, a simplicity if you will to um the language of a true master where there's not the embellishment there's not the um grandiose um storytelling if you will but it's rather a a a process a journey that has a very um distinct um path to take the seeker on to help them uh have their own experience of self-realization so when you talk about self-realization you you mentioned the end of suffering if if the listener is going through difficulty in their life and they have some aspects of suffering in their life it it can seem like a a grandiose claim to say that self-realization will end suffering how how is that possible if some of the problems in their lives are very real problems uh the very premises uh, of your question uh, is debatable because when we say the problems of the life are real problems it means we are already attributing reality to to the life and to the circumstances around the other assumption that we make in this proposition is that we take ourselves as individual persons without really bothering to verify that am i really an individual person so if we take these two factors into consideration and if we investigate these two factors then uh, it would be rather easy for us to believe that yes it is possible to get rid of sufferings totally and permanently and it is not something which is just a, a conceptual uh, idea it it is perfectly a practical idea and in fact uh, all the the very development of spirituality is based in search of uh, that total and permanent freedom from suffering only so all the scriptures all the various techniques uh, that we know as of today as spiritual techniques or spiritual scriptures their very purpose is that only that is total and permanent freedom from suffering so it's a practical thing it uh, like i mean initially some people 
may not believe that it is possible but as we go deep into it we will realize that uh, it is perfectly possible and uh, why it is perfectly possible because the means to end the suffering is to give up the false identity that we all carry all the time and as you started in your uh, monologue when this show started you you hit the bull's eye actually when you said we have to peel the layers of our ego so if we are prepared to let our ego get peeled and what is interesting is what we call ego is not a real entity it is a concept of a brain of an individual in fact that concept of individual self only gives rise to the ego and that concept of individual self itself is known as ignorance in spirituality so if we are prepared to accept this fact and verify uh, verify our idea of our own self to begin with then uh, then peeling the ego doesn't sound very harsh or a crude thing then actually we tend to volunteer to go for that and subject ourselves uh, to breast the higher truth now for your own journey um over that 10 years of intense struggle what what kind of uh difficulties did you come across in your own journey i mean what kind can you share with us some of the um process that you went through in your own spiritual journey towards self realization well i have had uh, numerous difficulties and lot of turmoil so i won't go in depth and share or list all of them but one common factor in all those difficulties and turmoil was that uh, whenever sort of I, i used to lose track of the ultimate goal of spirituality which is the total and permanent freedom from sorrows by means of self realization whenever you lose track of this uh, objective then uh, you are ba- bound to fall prey to so much of imagination which has been viewed around the concept of spirituality and that is the single most danger that uh, every spiritual spiritual seeker has to deal with so if you ask me one single difficulty that i had then that difficulty was not physical it was intellectual it was about clarity of the objective and whenever you lose sight of that uh, objective and get into fantasies and imagination then uh, so many more difficulties follow you right i like that well so for the listener uh, if i'm sitting here listening to the show and i've chosen to 
um, wholeheartedly engage my own spiritual journey to self-realization, what um, advice um, would you give the seeker that is on their journey to help them um, uh, make the journey um, more with more confidence and uh, ease? Yes. The first advice that I want to give to all spiritual seekers is that they are perfectly entitled to to go for liberation or to seek liberation by means of self-realization. Because uh, many people in the beginning, uh, they are not sure that if they are seeking something spiritual or if they are seeking liberation, whether uh, they are doing right things or not. Because uh, in the beginning, they, there seemed to be a contradiction between the, between the way the world functions and what you are seeking. So that, at that point itself, uh, there is a possibility that a new seeker may get discouraged and he, will, he would just uh, want to go with the world, you know, by, yeah, main, yeah, by maintaining his uh, current state of ignorance about his own self and thereby continuing to suffer and fall prey to the psychological sorrows and traumas. So first thing is everybody in the world is perfectly entitled to seek their true being, to seek their, to understand their true nature and to end the sufferings totally and permanently. That is their birthright and no power, no rulers can take it away from them. So, because many seekers who come to me for advice and guidance, uh, I can see they are they are very they are on a dicey track initially. They don't uh, speak their mind clearly. They hesitate a lot while expressing their desire to get liberated or to sort of uh, seek their uh, seek uh, self-realization. So there is a lot of uh, hesitation on a part of a new seeker. That is because he is not he is not convinced that what uh, he's thinking and what he's seeking is uh, is a righteous thing or not how the world he's always worried about the opinion of the rest of the world regarding what he is seeking and what he wants so to remove that confusion i would like to just uh, restate that everybody is perfectly entitled to seek self-realization and to end their sufferings totally and permanently. They, they, they need not be apologetic about it. That is the first point. Now, having prepared yourself uh, a little, then I would say adopt a scientific approach. Don't fall prey to any fantasies. Remain practical uh, even when you are seeking. And your earnestness to realize the self, 
will eventually take you to your real self for example there was a great uh, saint in india nisargadatta maharaj in mumbai he always used to say that uh, your earnestness itself will guide and control your process of realization and whatever practices spiritual practices you are doing uh, they ultimately they won't matter what will matter will be the earnestness so if you are genuine in your search in your quest then you are bound to have it so a clear mind having a clear conscious about our spiritual seeking is vitally important so that's what i would advise the new seekers to focus on or to think about i like that well you were talking about the new seeker um um feeling like they deserve like uh new seekers might not feel like they deserve um self realization or feel like it's something that they're entitled to um so if if our cultures are raising people um so disconnected from believing that um every sentient being um not only deserves but is completely entitled to this self realization uh, as a as a parent to children or perhaps a teacher in a school or even just a a wise person of a village what could we do in our cultures to um prepare people so it's not such a stretch for them to think that self realization is for them uh i think uh, sort of if uh, if we think about this then uh, our discussion might actually turn a little hypothetical because uh, i don't see it happening frankly speaking i don't see any government in the world i don't see any sort of education trust in the world or uh, any worldly institution who will formally introduced uh, self realization as a topic of study in their curriculum for their students to sort of have insight in so frankly speaking uh, so far it has never happened and i don't see it happening at least in near future because uh, because actually there is a slight dichotomy or contradiction between the way uh, the the spirituality and spiritual means are looked upon and between the way the worldly uh, means and worldly ways are looked upon so in the state of ignorance everybody believes that they are worldly individuals and they have worldly duties and worldly purposes so so much uh, the minds of uh, most of the people are 
are overloaded with the worldly functions so frankly speaking with uh, given uh, this uh, this practicality i don't see anybody introducing self realization you know formally into their syllabus or curriculum to give insights to the young children or you know to know wise people sure. i don't see that happening but if yeah, i understand what you're saying that um in currently in this moment there's no perceivable mechanism in the in the institutions of the world that have this curriculum as an intention but you know it's a it's a curious thing that um just 100 or 200 years ago we were living in such a different world where there was no um cell phones there was no uh air travel there was no internet there was no twitter if you will and now today somebody can create a web page that the whole world more or less can see it it looks like the mechanics of such a a global school if you will or the mechanics are uh we're, we're in such a a different and dynamic paradigm now that um for a persona a a, a human being to say well if it doesn't exist now let me be that that vehicle of creation um i think the next chapters of our human story um would accommodate such a mechanism because from my viewpoint humanity's uh, in general wants a more authentic story humanity wants um the the hearts of humanity are hungry for a more a truth oriented story a, a more um sincere if you will vision of the future and it comes from that desire that that big change happens well let us hope for the best but, uh, <laughs> yes let yes. us hope Yeah. and even if it happens it will happen with a lot of caveats so well it it's curious cuz every culture has um every mythology of every culture more or less has um the storytelling of um self realization but it it's hinged through the mythology of each individual culture if if i go to india and i study it and if i go to um europe and i study it and if i go to south america and i study it based on the cultures um uh, mythology the the sages the mystics the enlightened ones of each culture um every every one of those is unique in their own way but yet the destination is the same self realization yes uh, fr- uh, frankly speaking the very motive of every movement in the world is to seek uh, eternal happiness and the means to eternal happiness is self realization but uh, since 
it's a long term process and it doesn't give you any tangible and uh, uh, tangible results uh, in terms of uh, you know you can perceive them in front of you so it is not something which is uh, directly perceivable through our senses or the mind therefore it remains uh, sort of uh, at abstract level for uh, common people and therefore uh, the thought to sort of introduce self realization into mainstream education uh, i don't know how much support it will be able to have right because for normal well, people it it is something which is abstract and they are only happy with the stories and some imaginary fantasies and you know sure so, so that is the reason so maybe entertainment on the big screen in the movie house is the place to bring the information if if they're seeking <laughs> you know i mean really if you're going to meet them where they are hello well what about um for yourself now if if we go back 10 12 years when you were seeking self realization um what did you think it was going to do for you i mean what what i'm getting at here is is there was there was the you in your life before self realization 10 years ago or so and then there's you now in self realization um what what changes has self realization brought you in your life i mean you still have to do the laundry you still have to shop for food i mean what does what does how does self realization change your life uh materially nothing changes absolutely nothing but uh, as i said the goal is always to get rid of psychological suffering totally and permanently so with the understanding with the spiritual understanding of self realization and understanding of your own being uh it helps at psychological level it helps at spiritual level materially there is nothing to show off right there's not a trophy in the house there's certainly <laughs> not um, in fact uh, in fact uh, something which you really hold on to uh, before real before self realization uh, you are actually ripped off of that asset of you or right. the asset yeah the asset uh, that you thought that uh, it's an your asset and that is as you said your ego or your concept of your individual self now in self realization sure. you are ripped off of that concept itself so right so much is there to lose actually nothing to show off right well it's like for myself i don't want a title i don't want any title um to be this or that um as soon as i as soon as i identify with one side of a uh, a spectrum or polarity 
I've created a, a posture, a karmic propensity, and it it it's kind of the the notion of that by becoming empty, in other words, without a self-identification, you become full or, or fulfilled. Yes. So let's, uh, can you share with us, I want to talk about your books now. Um, uh, can you share with us uh, who you wrote your first book for? I mean, who was the intended audience of your first book? Yes, actually, the audience of my first book are very, very advanced spiritual seekers, to be honest. Because although that book has the capacity to give solace and provide peace for everyone in the world, but uh, the essence of that book can really be understood and mastered by the very, very advanced seekers only. In fact, uh, the book that I wrote, Ashtavakra Gita, The Ultimate Solas. So it's a commentary on the original Sanskrit verses of Ashtavakra Gita, which is a dialogue between uh, sage Ashtavakra and King Janaka. Now, King Janaka was a spiritual seeker and sage Ashtavakra was his master. And King Janaka himself was a very advanced seeker. So the, di uh, the, the dialogue between them, which is known as Ashtavakra Gita, or the song of Ashtavakra, is definitely for advanced spiritual seekers. And I have written a commentary on that. I have tried to make, make things uh, as simple as possible so that even a mediocre spiritual seeker can sort of understand it and it appeals to to him also so that was my first book and uh, how i picked it up i mean how i thought of writing a book on ashtavakra gita i mean uh, really it was not a conscious decision i just uh, i had uh, with me i had a copy of ashtavakra gita with me for so many years Ever, actually, my first copy of Ashtavakra Gita that I got to see was in the Himalayas, in one of the ashrams. And ever since, I was uh, sort of carrying that copy with me. But last year, uh, it was certainly not a conscious decision to, to write a book on Ashtavakra Gita. I just felt it that... Uh, well, maybe I should be writing on it and I just uh, wrote it and published the book. Uh, so this is an honest reply. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, that much I can tell. There's a saying about writing books um, that I like. Um, you don't write the book. The book writes you. <laughs> In other words, you'll go to, your, your mind will say, well, I'm going to write a book about xyz you know whatever a particular topic and you'll sit down to write it and then the stuff that comes out of you you know the book writes you as you write the book it um so often when you start to write the book and what the book actually ends up being can be quite a a, a very different outcome than what was attended intended when you first sat down to write it 
So how do you like being an author? Yes, I'm enjoying it because uh, it me it gives me a platform to reach out to all spiritual seekers across the world and share my understanding with them. So my being an author is uh, something more than just being an author. My being an author is a part of uh, overall me, so to speak. And uh, my focus is always uh, spirituality and spiritual understanding and helping spiritual seekers and take their understanding to the next level. So that has always been my focus. And book is just a means. Book is just one of the means, actually, in this whole process. So the book that you're writing now that's going to come out next month, uh, that's a memoir of your life, is that does that have a spiritual message to it, or is it more of a like a historical representation of your spiritual journey? Well, by definition, a memoir is supposed to be your version of your own story. So, but is that, that memoir? Do you have a spiritual message uh, woven into it? Yes. So that is going to be my version of my story and my version of my story is full of spiritual messages, especially for the new seekers. Because I don't want them to go through all that uh, I had to go through. And I just want to offer them something ready-made on the platter. So definitely it will have spiritual messages at multiple places and it will have a certain incidents in my spiritual journey to relate to. Oh, I like that. Well, the um, so you're writing books. Um, do you uh, what what other um, methods or, or processes do you have to work with people? Do you teach classes? Do you do one-on-one? Do you um, uh, are you a public speaker, if somebody wanted to have you come to their community and talk, can you give us an idea of of, of your platform? Yes. Uh, I am a spiritual teacher and in last few years I have made uh, multiple public appearances. I was invited in uh, Russia to deliver spiritual talks and question answer sessions. Then I was invited in Nepal and in India at a couple of places. Plus, uh, where I am staying currently, I am teaching Indian philosophy and some other spiritual stuff. And many seekers come here also personally. They approach me for their uh, for their own sake of their own guidance. And uh, apart from that... Uh, I have my own platform, my own website, which is www.ajatasrishti.com, A-J-A-T-S-R-I-S-H-T-I.com. Now, Ajatasrishti is a spiritual word. It actually means the unborn world. There is a philosophy in uh, Indian spirituality 
Ajatavada, which uh, tells that uh, actually nothing has happened. The world is so illusory that uh, you need not talk about the about the world as a reality at all. You need not attribute any reality to the phenomena of the world or the phenomena of the creation. So that is the philosophy. The, from that I have taken this name Ajata Srishti, the unborn world. So anybody can come and see and I write, write blogs on this platform and my contact uh, information is given, given on the website. Anybody can uh, write a mail to me if they see, if they need any spiritual guidance or assistance or if they want to see me personally or if they want to invite me for public speaking purposes and I would respond accordingly. Oh, I like that. Uh, thanks for sharing that with us. So how uh, you mentioned that um, there's no need to pay attention to the illusion of the world. So I'm and, so if I turn on the TV or I look at social media and I see all this upheaval, all this um, uh, social unrest, if you will, how how can I be a spiritual person and yet still walk in this physical world, if you will? Yes, yes, because I, I did not say there is no need to pay attention to the world. I said... There is no need to attribute reality to the phenomena of creation. Okay. Once you are free of sense of reality, then uh, whatever you do, it won't affect you and your true being. So there's some peace in that then, right? I mean, if, um, if, if I'm understanding the words you're saying that there's no need to, you're, uh, I'd, uh, if I'm understanding you correctly, there's no need for you to react to um, what's happening. Yes, actually, this is a spiritual truth. The phenomena of creation is definitely an illusion, like a dream. And the more you are convinced about it, the the more the question of reaction will get dissolved automatically. The more your understanding grows about it, neither action nor reaction will affect you as in your true self, as in your true being. And that is the goal of spirituality. Then only you can be free from sorrows and sufferings, totally and permanently. Which which brings a sense of peace, if I'm understanding what you're saying. Um, that yes, it's a great relief. Yes, and and people are hungry for that sense of peace, that sense, that sense of relief. So, so yes, what's next definitely. for you? Yes, go where ahead. Do you see, where do you see your journey taking you? I mean, um, you've got your next book coming out. What's where do you see yourself um, moving forward in your journey in the next three, four, five years? 
frankly speaking i need not speculate because because i am convinced that uh, it is the destiny which is working itself out through my body and through my brain and through my mind and through my actions and destiny is a predesigned program frankly speaking that is the case with everyone it's just the matter of acceptance so once you accept it with your spiritual understanding then you need not speculate or you need not bother or you need not plan about uh, where you are going to be you know in the coming future or something you know destiny today yesterday destiny was working itself out today also destiny is working itself out tomorrow also it will work itself out and when the program of destiny will finish working itself out through our body and the mind and the brain then the machine will stop working simple as that it's just that we have to take our stake out of this whole game so spirituality is about uh, not taking claims in the some for something in the future it is actually withdrawing all our from this illusory phenomena of creation so i don't have any plans i don't see a, like where i will be in coming years and the best part is i am not bothered about that well i find that very beautiful and elegant um um the impulse of the moment resolves itself so to speak i mean the, that would be perhaps my words for what you said well um so what would you tell the seeker as far as um uh words of encouragement i mean you talked about um you wanted to present um the process on a platter you wanted to quicken the process for the seeker what tips would you give the seeker that might help them on their journey first tip as i said uh, in the beginning that they are perfectly entitled to seek uh, the spiritual truth even if at some point it appears uh, as a contradictory to worldly notions and worldly ways still they are perfectly entitled to go for that secondly while uh, seeking the spiritual truth uh, you need not uh, sort of renounce anything or you need not do anything extraordinary because spiritual journey is not a journey of material it is not a journey of your body or journey of your brain it is the journey of your understanding and you can grow your understanding you can bring the subtlety into your understanding at your own place so there is no, there is no need to do anything extraordinary or heroic to realize uh, our true self that is the spiritual truth so this would be the second tip and third tip that i would uh, like to give is don't fall prey to imagination and fantasies never lose that uh, sense of practicality well i like that well um our time is almost 
up here. Um, do you have any closing thoughts? No, I wish well for everybody. I wish, uh, as you said, uh, that uh, maybe in coming future, uh, the self-realization will actually become a mainstream mainstream topic into the public discourse, especially in educational institutions. And my best wishes to all spiritual seekers. I would like to thank you for having me on the show. And as I said, I have made, I have given the contact of my URL, my website. So any aspirant, uh, aspiring spiritual seekers, uh, they can just connect with me using the contacts provided on my website. They are welcome to do that. Well, Harsha, I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. It's been my pleasure having this conversation with you. Yeah, my pleasure too. Thank you, Les. We've been talking with Harsha, and the topic tonight has been self-realization. I want to give his uh, URL again. It's A-J-A-T-S-R-I-S-H-T-I.com. And you can go to that URL and... Uh, connect with Harsha and all the material he has with the books he's written and the uh, um, you might want to invite him to your community as a, as a speaker. You know, it's, uh, it's my pleasure hosting this radio show because from my perspective, human consciousness this, this human persona that we all have, is the vehicle of change itself. Every one of us has this um, higher consciousness, this higher awareness, this higher wisdom, if you will, within ourselves. And um, it, it's a process, it's a journey um, to, to come to that point of self-realization. And yet, when you do that, um, your own being has such a gift for you. Your own discovery of yourself, the self-realization of who you actually are, is is a gift in and of itself. And and for you to be a listener to this radio episode, and perhaps a spiritual seeker, you're the vehicle. You're the you're a point of in human consciousness. Your consciousness is part of the collective consciousness. And and when you engage the journey in earnest for your own self-realization, you're literally becoming part of the change of humanity itself. Hey, I want to thank you for listening. Um, Here on New Human Living Radio, we love bringing episodes like this that can help you along your journey. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Thanks for joining us tonight. Until next time. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast to bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's latest book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power. 
at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.